Hello, my name is James, and welcome to another week of Conversion Therapy, the podcast where we confirm what you probably already know, you're not straight. Follow us on Instagram at The Conversion Therapy, and send in your queer queries to theconversiontherapy at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, are we on? Yes, we are on. Yes, go on. Oh, by the way, okay, so I'm changing the format of this podcast. Okay. And it's um, it's now going to be, this is going to come out in two episodes. Oh, wow. I'm a double feature? Yeah, well, it's going to be the same length, technically. I'm just going to split it into two 30-minute episodes. Okay. So Nice, nice and palatable, make it easy for people commuting to work and such. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, you know, my commute is usually like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of doing it for that. But now, so, yeah. So this is going to come out in two episodes. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, and so is everyone else now that they just had to hear ten minutes about it. <laughs> I guess we can start. <laughs> I thought we'd already started. Yeah. I was already on. I was uh, just like in it. I was all right, but yeah, this is better. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, there, I'll probably include that. But please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My <laughs> name is Alex. I hail from South Florida, Southeast Florida, to be exact, about an hour north of Miami in Wellington, Palm Beach County, just a stone's thrown away from Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Because of which traffic is blocked <laughs> most weekends, <laughs> but I have no opinion on that. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm here visiting James as well as family in New York. I'm from here originally, stayed on Long Island, and yeah, I'm just chilling, day drinking, <laughs> on vacation. Feeling my oats, living my best life, as Cardi B would say, and uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> um, and how do we know each other? Oh my gosh, we know each other through college. Okay, so I met James summer C of freshman year, and he was so quiet. It was him and they were like the little three musketeers, which was cute because I had like my little four musketeers and it was summer at a rather large state school. So not many people were on campus except the freshmen. So you kind of got to know everybody sort of like a high school type setting so that everybody was a lot more friendly and drunk than they were in high school. So and um, so anyway, I knew James as just the really quiet little gay boy who hung out with Ace and Victoria. And um, then I came out early fall of freshman year. Wait, because when I met you, you were straight. I was straight. <laughs> My first picture ever in a club was at Baja's Beach Club in Tallahassee. It is still in existence. And I am wearing a white and blue striped American Eagle polo shirt. What? Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> I was that, like, trying to be straight. Like, it was horrible. But, um, so yeah, I was straight then. And then I came out as, like, 
I didn't come out as gay. I came out as like not straight slash bi. By the way, when you met me, yeah, uh, you only think of me as quiet because I was quiet when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I made a point of saying it because it's so like the antithesis of who you actually are. I'd never even heard his laugh. Everybody, okay, like that's how quiet he was, like. Well, well, okay. So before I met you, mm-hmm. Ace told Victoria and I <laughs> that she was into you, or, or like she wasn't sure. She she wanted me to. Uh, oh, Ace. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> well, she she couldn't tell um, if you were gay or not, though. <laughs> Neither could I. Yeah. <laughs> Um, really, at that point, you weren't just like, I'll just hide it for a little bit. <laughs> no, at that point, James, and, like, when I tell you I went through such, like, a psychological, emotional, and spiritual, like, flip between, like, summer and fall of freshman year, it's mm-hmm. kind of, like, crazy. But, no, at that point, I was ready to be a closeted straight man for life. I wanted to join a frat. I wanted to have a girlfriend. I was going to clubs and trying to dance with girls and making it. I made out with Ace for crying <laughs> out fucking loud, okay? I made out with Ace by, oh, well, we might want to edit out her last name. But, um, and by the way, everyone, her name is not actually Ace. It's Andrea. She just wanted to be called Ace because she was in college and decided she wanted a new identity. Yeah. Some of us just came out of the closet, but she just decided to change her name. So anyway. um, She had it easy. (laughs) She had it easy. Um, So yeah, I was completely straight. I saw my future as like having a family and occasionally sleeping with guys on the side. And I was completely okay with that. Which goes to show you... That's crazy. Yeah, which goes to show you, like, how warped I was in my head. Because I very much, like, am okay and believe in monogamy. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I'm all for it. But um, at that point, like, I was just going to do what I needed to do to get by and not hurt anyone, you know? Until I decided to destroy everything. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Like... So, yeah, I came out early freshman year... Um, I had a boyfriend by winter of freshman year, and that didn't go as planned. Um, Your two-week relationship? We dated for two weeks, (laughs) decided to come out to our parents together. He broke up with me the next day. There was some conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Things got heated. More so on my end than on his. I will admit that in the <laughs> aftermath. Okay. Um, Conflict is a euphemism. <laughs> uh, it's a euphemism. No, we were two bratty gay guys. Like punches were thrown. Let's just fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> we were okay, and um, we broke off. And then that summer, I started talking to James over Facebook. And I just, I don't know how or why or what started it, we just started talking. And I felt so nice because, like, after I had my big blowout with that boyfriend, Mm -hmm. I thought I was sort of a pariah in the gay community, okay? Until I realized I was 
far from the worst that the community <laughs> had to offer, but that will we'll, we'll just... <laughs> Oh, Tallahassee's going to love me. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, I started talking to James, and, you know, he loved Lana Del Rey. I loved... Oh, I'm sorry, you loved Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. I loved Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And then one night, Lindsay Lohan, Lady Gaga, and Lana Del Rey had a sleepover. Yes. It was in, I believe, July of 2012, <laughs> if we're being exact. It was a historic moment for a select group of gays, okay? They did have a sleepover, those three individuals. There were only two photos taken. We don't know what else they were doing or why they were there. They've never been... Lana and Gaga have been photographed together, but yes. never Gaga and Lindsay or Lana no. and Lindsay. No. So we don't know what brought them there, whether it was just an Illuminati seance or something <laughs> like that. Like, who has any idea? But anyway, it was a big moment for us. It was a huge moment. <laughs> and we were like, oh my God, okay, so I'm Gaga and you're Lindsay and we're L squared. And fast forward a few months, people, that boyfriend that I had all that drama with ended up being also my best friend and he turns out to be a lana stan and we became l cubed okay ah! that's a very abridged version but um mm-hmm. in the end we all three of us including the ex that i went crazy on had lived together for two and a half years but like if you count even like when lucas and i were living separate like oh was, yeah it was you, probably three years in total. Yeah. Like, you, because you were in the same building, yeah. just uh, a floor apart. And you'd spend like m- most nights there. Yeah. Like, three I, out of seven nights mm-hmm. a week, four out of seven even. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. And so to this day, L Cube still exists. And that's why I'm here. And the other L, whose name is Lucas, he's the only one whose name actually starts with an L. Ah. Um, he's down in Miami right now, seething. Because ah. he's ah. not here. Ah. <laughs> Love you, Lucas. Hi. <laughs> okay. So what game do you want to play? I'm, I'm... Oh, we play, oh, yeah, we do play games. You do do kind of like to do a game. Mm-hmm. I was going to say never have I ever, but I feel like that's hard. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's the hardest game to play right now. Because, like, what? No, no. Try something else. Um, uh, so the other one is we could do, we could do would you rather or, um, Let's fuck do Mary a kill. mashup of Would You Rather and Fuck Mary Kill. Let's start with Fuck Mary Kill, okay? Oh, okay. All right. Um, okay. Let me think of one. Deborah Messing, Zoe De Chanel, and Winona Ryder. Ah. Yeah, that's a hard one, especially since you're gay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cruel. Um, I would kill. Zoe Deschanel. As you should. Ah. <laughs> Not openly recommending it. That was a joke, everyone. Okay. <laughs> ah. Um, and I would Oh, okay, it's easy now. <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought it would be pretty easy once you cross that bridge. 
Um, and I guess I would fuck Winona Ryder and marry Deborah Messing. Okay, that's what I was expecting. Ah. I, I, I was going to be really gagged if you were going to marry Winona and then fuck Deborah and just let her be. Because Winona, she'd probably come for your clothes and your jewelry. Like, you don't know, you don't know how those Stranger Things checks have been paying off. <laughs> I feel like no, she's I love doing. I, I feel she's like she's great. doing well now. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's living her best life. Absolutely, uh, I, she, she deserved this comeback. Okay, because I yeah. actually believe she was on painkillers when she shoplifted. Like, oh yeah, that was her explanation for it. But like, I actually believe her. I mean, or like some variants of painkillers, like maybe heroin. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I actually read an article. Um, about how she is really the perfect casting for that role, you know? Yeah. Like, because... It's like, wait, wait, it's like um, uh, Molly Ringwald in Riverdale. Exactly. (laughs) When Molly Ringwald came on screen in Riverdale, I was just like, of fucking course this bitch is here, okay? This is hearkening back to, like, you know, an 80s retrospective type of cartoon show, even though there's some 60s and stuff going too. There's a lot going on in Mm -hmm. Riverdale. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and this article I read said it perfectly. Um, I wish I had the actual source. They were saying that because a lot of Winona's characters in the 90s were similar, you know, mm-hmm. outcasts, sort of off the beaten path, rebels, sort of, but not violent rebels, just more like moody, suppressive rebels. Yeah. And if you were to look. Unless you're watching Heathers. Or, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, the article said if you were to lump all of Winona's characters into just sort of one personality, which isn't that hard. Right. And grow that character up, Mm -hmm. they would be the mother on Stranger Things. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this sort of tired, messy, overworked, done with everything, but passionately devoted to her kids, and that's really all she's going to care about, but somewhat tolerant of this absolutely horrific, bizarre thing that's going on around her, you know? Like, she was just peeling back that wallpaper, talking to her son like it was nothing. I mean, like, my mom would have had her phone up and been, like, live streaming on Facebook. Like, what the fuck is this? But um, anyway, she actually, um, on this trip to Niagara, asked me to make her a Twitter so she could insult Donald Trump and eventually get blocked by him because, you know, Donald Trump blocks, like, common civilians. Yeah. Like, he actually, like, blocks, like, Twitter users who don't like him. So... She wants that to happen. Ever since I told her, um, Roseanne Barr blocked me. Can you please elaborate? Okay. <laughs> I wish I could. I don't remember what I tweeted her exactly or when I tweeted her. You How did you I mean? find out she blocked you? Um, it was <clears throat> it was right before she made the Planet of the Apes tweet. Like it was like maybe a couple days before that. I was trying my best to ignore Roseanne, okay? So I must have tweeted her a while ago, you know? Like, she must have tweeted something ignorant, and I just shot something back at her, as I usually do. Because, you know, I literally have 250 followers on Twitter. 
Like, I have 250 followers, yet somehow I get noticed. Like, Leslie Jones responded to my tweet <laughs> yesterday mm-hmm. about Marsha P. Johnson. If you guys haven't watched the Marsha P. Johnson documentary on Netflix, you need to just pause this podcast and go do it, okay? Otherwise, you're not welcome here. But <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, um, I looked her up because, you know, it's not like she wasn't crazy before she made that tweet. Like, she right. was still making headlines yeah. and whatnot. I looked... I, uh, someone made this point, and I can't remember who, but... Yeah. Um, it's not crazy that she was fired from the show. It's crazy that she even got it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, I go, and I look her up, and her name's not popping up. I'm like, okay, what's her username? So I Google it, and it's the real Roseanne. And so I type in the real Roseanne, and I find the profile. I click it, and the real Roseanne has blocked you. <laughs> so naturally, I screenshotted the fuck out of it. <laughs> and then the day that everything, you know, came out and she, you know, got fired from the show and everything, that screenshot became my cover photo on (laughs) Facebook. It's a badge of honor because I was just like, damn, like I, when I tell you, I put no thought into whatever I tweeted her. Like, it was like, it could have been as small as shut the fuck up or uh, you're so patriotic but let's talk about your national anthem rendition. (laughs) So... I did tweet that, probably. Like, because if you've ever seen Roseanne's national anthem, you'll laugh at how patriotic she acts now. She purposefully sang it off-key and just sort of screamed into the mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, obviously I find it funny, but, like, to mm-hmm. most of white America, it was, like, a huge, like, faux pas, you But know? it was fucking hilarious. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, it was basically like the 80s or 90s version of what Fergie did this past year, except it didn't end Roseanne's career as it did Fergie's. You think it ended her career? I mean, who's going to take her seriously now? I mean, when did this happen? This happened but a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... No one believed she was a real singer. <laughs> okay, I... Yeah, yeah. So, um, Fergie, edit all of that out, by the way, please. <laughs> I'm gonna say that a couple times. But, um, Fergie is, like, one of those singers, like, Gwen Stefani. I remember, like, standing the Sweet Escape album, mm-hmm. and um, my sister and my dad went to see her live in West Palm Beach. And I didn't go because I was a boy and I wasn't supposed to listen to that music, apparently. But, uh, yeah, that's how closeted and confined my surroundings were at the time. But, um, okay. yeah. I mean, I was listening to Britney Spears. I was, that was... My, my parents brought us home two CDs when I was five and living in New York. One uh-huh. was Britney Spears and one was Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys was supposed to be for me... Britney Spears was supposed to be for my sister. We came home from school and saw them on the counter. I grabbed Britney Spears and said, thank you so much, and ran upstairs (laughs) and put it in my radio. (laughs) And they were like, well, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) 
Um, As if Backstreet Boys was more straight. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say. And your sister would have wanted that one, I'm assuming, more anyway. Cause right. Because they're boys. Right. But not in my household. <laughs> my, my, I'm making my parents sound a lot more constrained than they are. And trust me, they de- they've dealt with a lot. <laughs> yeah. I got both Britney Spears and Aaron Carter. I love Aaron Carter, too. I got his best hits, and I was like, how long has he been doing this? <laughs> he had, like, one album. So, yeah, um, one of my friends in Miami hooked up with Aaron Carter in a club, allegedly, um, like, about eight years ago. And this friend was male. But, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, he's a um, pretty, like, well-known figure in the club scene down in Miami. I've worked for him and such, like, for different things. Oh, not someone who went to school with us. No, no, no. Oh. He's, like, a Miami person. Oh. And he posted this big status on Facebook once Aaron Carter, quote-unquote, came out in that news article about, oh, my God, like, thank God he was cuter when I had him. Uh, and um, then in the comments spilled out all of this stuff about him. Um, I don't think they got past oral, but yeah. Okay. Would you rather? Yes. Um, Jay Hall or Heath Ledger? <sighs> okay, so we're like bringing Heath Ledger back from the dead, mm-hmm. right? And putting him in his prime, right? Broke back. Heath Ledger. Broke back Heath Ledger. (laughs) I mean, that's a gruff, beefy sexuality that I just, I couldn't resist. Jake Gyllenhaal is cute, he's pretty, but he's one of those that, like, probably say, like, you know, I'm in the mood to bottom tonight, actually. (laughs) And just, like, ruin your evening, you know? (laughs) Like... Jake Gyllenhaal's really pretty, and he's really sweet. He probably has a very pretty penis, but, like, Heath Ledger, like, there's going to be some passion in that. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be sweat. There's going to be just a lot going on. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal is my husband. (laughs) I know. I didn't mean to offend you with that, but you put him up against Brokeback Mountain Heath Ledger and, like, who was the top there? Like, come on. You know, I'm really surprised that I fell in love with the bottom of the movie. Right? <laughs> Honestly, though, that movie was groundbreaking. Like, I feel like it don't get ci- it doesn't get cited enough in gay culture. You know, like that was the first gay movie that got nominated for Oscars. As far as I know. I can't no. think of another gay movie. Philadelphia. Fuck. Yeah, you're so right. <laughs> <sighs> Edit the part where I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, besides Philadelphia, there aren't many gay <laughs> movies that have been nominated for our Oscars, and that's one of them. So, I do love Philadelphia, by the way, though. Honestly, I prefer Tom Hanks in that over Forrest Gump. Oh! Y- yes. Yeah. Yes. When I saw Philadelphia, 
like Forrest Gump is one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. but his performance, if we're just talking a singular performance mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, holy shit. It he's that that was the movie I was like, oh, it was he's great. I don't mean to sound like a New Yorker writer, but it was visceral. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was amazing. And Denzel was great in that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I mean they, it was just a perfectly acted movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I I watched Philadelphia before I was like really into movies. I watched Philadelphia before I was really into being gay. I was I was literally in high school and I was crying because it was just so sad. Oh, this was this was this was part of me being gay, becoming gay. God, I just oh that movie. If you haven't watched Philadelphia, after you watch the Marsha P. Johnson documentary, (laughs) everyone, you can go ahead and watch Philadelphia and get your knowledge. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. This entire thing is uh recommendations corner oh totally i mean i tweeted leslie jones last night telling her to watch the marisha p johnson documentary and she responded she's like i did i just didn't realize that trans people were discriminated against within the lgbt community at the beginning of the movement and the reason i recommend that's what she meant i didn't understand yeah she didn't catch on to that watching the documentary but they do show that in the documentary because you see sylvia on a stage during a protest march and talking of you know representing the trans center in the area and such and you know speaking out for trans rights and she's getting booed by this crowd of gay men who are fighting for their own rights so um yeah it's uh, definitely a documentary to watch i mean if you call yourself an lgbt or an ally you need to know your history and you need to know where we came from because a lot of those issues are still very present in our community today how much transphobia is there within the gay community today I live in the South, <laughs> and there's a lot, okay? It's bad. And, you know, that's why we need... That's why I'm sort of glad to be living in the time that we're living in, because we're getting that visibility for the first time in yeah. a while, so... But it's far from perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have, you've seen the Marsha P. Johnson documentary, I'm assuming, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would ask. <laughs> we have to end this podcast now. Everything I just said was flushed down the drain <laughs> by your complacency. <laughs> How have you not seen the Marsha P. Jones? I'm going to grill you. I don't care if it's your podcast. This thing has been out for a year. It has been very widely publicized. It is on Netflix, which I know you have access to. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's going on? I know Westworld is good, but it's not that good, okay? Alex, how can you say that? (laughs) (laughs) When you haven't seen Westworld. I'm going to make you watch the Marjorie (laughs) B. Johnson documentary. Maybe maybe we'll do that on Monday. I... Okay, and then we'll go to Stonewall and cry. Have you been to Stonewall yet? I've been once, yeah. Okay. I feel like a lot of people in our community, neither of us, but a lot of people aren't really hate on the older folk. You know, whether it be at bars, at clubs, at whatnot, like, 
and it's just like pay them some respect because they've been through it like you little Mm -hmm. millennials and gen z's think you've been through it like no they went through it like so be respectful give them space and let them be and buy them a fucking drink buy them a drink yeah buy them a drink don't (laughs) wait for them to buy you a drink just because they're a daddy buy them a drink okay they fucked in bathroom stalls for your ass. Not because it was kinky, because they had to. <laughs> um, so should I do a would you rather now? No. Uh, or I, do you just ask me? Um, we're going to go into questions. Oh, snap. We're going into questions now. What is your worst sexual experience? It's a tie between two. Okay. Okay. And the first was an ex-boyfriend, not the one discussed in this podcast, but the one after. <laughs> who, um, for those of you who don't know, I just mouthed the name to James. <laughs> but um, he uh, like put it in and then like whispered something really creepy <gasps> in my ear. <laughs> I don't remember the exact words, but it was just like something to the effect of I'm inside of you in every way now or something like that. And I just kind of blacked out and went limp <laughs> and didn't move after that because I was so horrified. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just like, why would you want to say that to someone? Who wants to hear that? I just, I, I'm 19. Like, I don't... <laughs> What does that mean? So, and then the second worst experience was soon after breaking up with that guy, I hooked up with a closeted frat dude at Florida State. There's a lot of them. Um, And he... You can say that again. We're making out. He's a decent-looking guy. I'm kind of turned on by the fact that he's like a frat guy and closeted, you know, feeling my oats as a little skanky 19-year-old. And um, he literally puts it in and comes. Like, there was no, like, once it was in, it was just like, I just came. And I was just like, but you just got in. (laughs) (coughs) And then he was like, yeah, I can't go again. And I'm like, okay. And I just... You didn't go at all. Yeah. (laughs) And then he just left, and I was just like, that was the most dissatisfying, like, let down ever and then I made up for it with like five other guys <laughs> my ex had the nerve to call me a whore <laughs> <laughs> the audacity the yeah, audacity the audacity listen I think being sexually promiscuous isn't as bad as being emotionally promiscuous so <laughs> mean it means latching onto people and falling in love with them mm, i'm guilty <laughs> <laughs> no you're not uh, okay you've reached the end of part one thank you for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs>